0: Well, let me, uh, the way we're going to do this, I know I'm standing up here, um, and so my wife and I were discussing, Angie and I were discussing this morning, how that, you know, in terms of interaction, how that's going to work. So, this is not going to be a lecture format. Um, It's going to be interaction, so I don't know if this is going to work well, um, but I'm going to try. Unfortunately I forgot to put my contacts in this morning so your all your faces are blurry. Um but I'm gonna try to get you guys to interact. Um and so the problem with this format is I'm standing up here and so you're expecting me to lecture and I'm going to I'll talk a lot but um but I need I need your interaction as well. Uh, so so if If we see that it's not going to work well in this format, we'll figure something else out. So part of it is I would like to see you know instead of if you guys could come forward a little bit, um, sorry for the <laughs> yeah, so we want a little bit more intimate setting so so let's say let's say right Rick right there, that's the back row. How's that? How's that i know I know Rick loves the loves to sit in the back and I and Oh, I know. I know. Are you? I, 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 I'm not singling you out. I, uh, I, I, you just you anchor our ba- the back of our room, and I and, and I'm thankful for that. Okay, so um, let me pray, and then, like I said, I mean, this is going to be what I'm what I'm planning to do is we're going to be going through Genesis, and we'll, you know we'll go to Genesis 12, not today, but uh, we'll go through 11. Uh, ultimately is the plan and then we'll decide if we want to keep going in Genesis and if we do we'll keep going if not we'll find another book to go through. So this is this is you know we're going to go through books of the Bible. We're not going to we're not going to go through studies and, and which is the, they they have their place, right? But this the, we're just going to study the word of God and what we're going to do is we're just going to walk through verse by verse and we're going to explain it and discuss it and and I think, I hope that it'll be fruitful for you um, as we, uh, over time. And this is an opportunity, by the way, you know, when I'm preaching, it's hard to, you know, it's hard to stop me and, and, and say, hey, by the way, I don't, I don't understand this. Um, and so this is an opportunity for you to stop me and say, I don't understand. I, I, I see maybe, or I see this a different way. So don't hesitate to speak up. Let me pray then, and let's get started. Heavenly Father, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we know that your mercies are new every morning. We pray this morning that you would bless this time. And Father, that the church would find this time to be fruitful. And Lord, I pray for the men who come after me or join me in teaching, Uh that in this hour that lord this hour would be just a fruitful time for our church as we grow in the word as we grow in our understanding father we thank you for just the gift of your word thank you for christ and for redemption may we uh, serve him all the days of our lives in christ's name we pray amen well, as you guys know, I, uh, along with Bay and Keith, actually, uh, we preached Genesis chapters one and two um, over the over the summer. Let me just start with: were there any questions from those chapters? And I and I'll probably walk through just a briefly walk through and review uh, those chapters. I'm not gonna. I'm not going to. It's going to be an in-depth review. If you want something in-depth from those cha- chapters, there's the, the sermon series that's out there. Um, if you haven't listened to it, so or heard it, so is there anything from the first two chapters where you know any questions? Maybe if there's something you didn't see the same um, before. What before I jump into a review, I want to make sure I, I want to make sure I address things with you. Okay, well, we'll get started with a review then. All right, so, so we saw in chapter 1 that, you know, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And that, um, <clears throat> that term, that Hebrew term in the beginning is, uh, is Bereshit. Um, so it's Bereshit Barah, God created in the beginning. God, Elohim, created the heavens and the earth. And so that's, you might say, is the banner, the title of this section, uh, that Moses is now going to inform his readers of what God did. In the beginning really is a time marker that says that this is the beginning of history. The beginning of history. and It's not a, it's not a nebulous thing. It's a, there's a point, there's a point in time where history be- began. Um, you know, you have the theory of evolution, you have this idea that there's millions of years. Um, the one problem with, with that is, is that there's never, there's never a, you know, it, it's, it's nebulous, right? It's, it, it, it spans, I don't know what the current quote unquote age of the earth is, um, but according to scripture, there is a point in the beginning, God started time. So God is outside of time, so God started time. And he's, you know, Moses says in the beginning, it's the, the earth was formless and void. And so the idea there is that it was without form, and it was empty. And darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the water. And then God said, let there be light. And so we see the Trinity... We see the Trinity involved in creation. We see the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And so so Moses, from the very beginning, wants us to understand who God is. And he wants us to understand that God created. So then we have the first command, let there be light, and there was light. And so, but... What I want you to see, and we again, this is all review from the sermon series. What I want you to understand is, is that this idea of the earth being formless and void is what structures the rest of chapter 1. So he gives form to what was formless, and he fills what was void. And so we see that in the first three days. We see that he formed... He formed the, the, the earth, he formed these things, and then we see in the, the second set of three days, days four through six, that he filled. And it's, it's very clear, that separation. And so, so then he, you know, the first day he created um, light, and he, he created the, the light and may have called it day, and he, he called the darkness nights. And then it says there was evening and morning one day. Now... He's very clear here that he's speaking of one one solar day. Now I know that's, there's argument in the church as to what that really means, and there's you know there's these theories. There's gap the gap theory that says that there's these this deep time between um, that that occurred. You know they try to they try to say well there's evolution in in the you know, that, that there's this this evolving, and then we we're, we're getting a history of mankind. But I I mean there's you know William Lane Craig has said some things that is that's very you know, that's similar to that. He, you know he said that he's tried to tried to make an, have an understanding that there's a that there's deep time or there's time here uh, that that passes. But but ultimately that's not what the the language doesn't allow for that. But also, but also, so I'm, I'm going to turn this question on you. You heard the sermon series. What else? Why else is there? Would evolution not fit with chapters one, two, and three? Why else? There's a there's another reason that's probably, yeah, yeah, yeah. Evolution necessarily ha- involves death. The, I mean, things have to die. And so, so you can't have death before chapter 3, right? And, so, and it's clear, you know, chapter 1 is the, tells us how God created the heavens and the earth. Chapter 2 gives us an expansion of, God, of God's creation of man, so it kind of backs up and, and gives us an intimate look into to day 6. And then, and then you have um, the seventh day, the Sabbath day, and then, and then that's that's the beginning of chapter two. Chapter two is day six, and then chapter three is the fall, and the fall has to come fairly soon after creation, um, according to according to scripture. So, so, any questions up to that point? Any thoughts? And there's no in, in here. There's no heretics. You know what I mean by that. It's, this is the place to discuss these things. So, if there's any questions or any any things that anything that you want to bring up before I move forward, I'm not going to hit everything. I mean, like I say, it, it's it's I don't know six or seven sermons that you can listen to to hear to hear the the full treatment of this. Okay, so <clears throat> days one through three. Was forming. Day four through six is filling. Uh, then we get to uh, chapter one, verse twenty-eight, or twenty-six. Then we see the creation of man, which is the pinnacle of creation. It's on day six. It's also we also know that that man is. Um, We see here uh, that that man, God made man, let us make man in our image according to our likeness so that they will have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And God created man in his own image, in the image of God, God he created him, male and female, he created them. God blessed them and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the sky and over every living thing that creeps on the earth. And so there's a, a lot packed into, this, into this, these verses. Um, I think the high points that we want to hit on is this idea of, of being created in His image. There's something of man that there's something of God who who there's something in man that's that's there's a there's attributes that God gives to man that that we can see there's they're called communicable attributes um, that I think that's part of the idea here um, you know this idea of likeness um, and but he, but there's also the idea of of rule anybody remember what that idea there was a i don't know if I gave it in this in in the sermon series, but there was the idea of you'll remember if i there was the statues the the king would if someone that was ruling over a land they would put a, a statue at the boundary, and that statue was in the, the likeness of the king, and so the, this idea of we are in the likeness of the king, and and there's the idea of ruling then as vice regent, if you will, a vice regents of the king, um, and so we are we are ruling as vice regents, um, and we have then but he gives us then dominion, and so we are we rule over. The, the fish of the sea and the birds of the sky, the cattle and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth so the the idea there is that that we we rule over it and we care for it right i mean it's there's not just a it's not just a use and abuse type idea here it's a there's a rule idea, but there's also the idea of caring for the the earth um and i know that the, i know when i when i preach through that there's people you know there's folks in the church and i can appreciate this that that want to make sure i mean they, they want to completely understand w- what this idea means and you know that you know are we just are we just you know okay with the big oil companies destroying the earth or are we just okay with with you know the idea of abusing the earth and and no we're not i mean we're here to care for the earth. And so we see that clearly in this in this text. But the main thing we want to understand is is that that he has given us dominion. And we also want to understand that he's he's made us, he created man male and and female. And so from the very beginning, I mean there's just no question God's intent was that we would be male and female. And and so any of these things that we see in culture you know, that, that go against that. I mean, clearly, clearly they go against God's intent for His creation. And so that's really the the biggest, if you want to get down to it, and, you know, and, and part of the reason why I, I love Genesis so much is because it's so foundational, right? I All these questions in the culture, right? All these questions in the culture that we have in terms of, you know, the you know, homosexuality, in terms of... Um, uh, transsexuality in terms of, you know, the, the sinful types of, of ideas, you know, whether it be uh, going any, anything that goes against marriage, I mean, really can, can be brought back to Genesis chapter 1 and 2. And I think, I think part of the reason why the church is struggling with these things so, so much, and I say the big, you know, church, the visible church, is because we've given up we gave up chapter 1 and 2 of Genesis. And I, and I and I know that I, I, there's so much here that we want to make sure we want to make sure that we we hold on to. So, any questions? Yes, sir. verse 26 God said let us in our Mhm. Mhm. Yes. No, I I see that as as a as looking toward the Trinity. Um, as a matter of fact, it's interesting. You know, not that I mean translations are. You know, that the the Word of God is the Word of God, but translations are just a a window into, if you will, into the Word of God. That's why. You want to, as a, as a teacher, you really want to have an understanding of the language if you can, um, if, if you're able to do that. But I say that to say, and I, I noticed, in the, I just noticed in the Legacy Standard Bible, um, they actually have us capitalized and our capitalized, showing that at least those who are translating, um, doing the translation in the Legacy Standard, see that as the, as the Trinity. Yeah, I'm certain it's not in the ESV, but not that. I mean, not that the ESV is a problem. I just know, but no, I I just think, but I don't think in the ESV do they capitalize? They capitalize some things, but it's not very. Yeah, they don't. Yeah, yeah. So that's why I said that, not because, not because the ESV is a a poor translation. Yeah. So so the LSB. The LSB followed the NAS tradition. What's that? Yeah, yeah. So, so the NAS or the LSB followed the NAS tradition in capitalizing the 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 pronouns there. But I I would see I would see it as Moses' allusion to the Trinity. I and I would also you know I would also say that I mean we saw that in 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 verses 1 through 3, we see an allusion there as well. I I don't think, you know, can you fully, you know, is there a, obviously at this point, there isn't this full doctrine of the Trinity. But, I mean, when you look at the text, in hindsight, looking back through, you see the the allusion there. Um, The Holy Spirit being the author, you know, in terms of guiding the, the, the ultimate author of the of Scripture, I mean, it, it would make sense. So, yeah, good question. Good question. Any any other questions before we move on? I I, I am moving quickly through chapter one and chapter two here. Um, so verse twenty eight: be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth. So and and subdue the earth. So there's the idea again. That goes back to this idea of of man's rulership and that, that we are, have been given the responsibility to, to rule over the earth and to care for the earth. Uh, I think I don't think, we, I don't think we should fly too fast past that. Uh, but we've also been given the mandate to be fruitful and multiply. And so we see here the male and female idea um, that there's male and there's female. And you know, there's this idea of, of male and female. We see it already coming together to be fruitful and multiply. Now, he's going to show that even more in chapter two, but I mean, he wants us to fill the earth. I mean, and so I mean that is the that is the plan, is that that man would would fill the earth and rule over it. Um, then we see ch- the you know verses 29 through uh, or 29-30, which basically says that you know, he's given us all that we need, um, and in verse 31, very important verse that God saw all that he may, may made and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. So it, he looked at his creation. He finished his creation. He looked at it and said it was very good. Then in chapter 2, we see the, the Sabbath, the seventh day. Um, he, this is the chapter 2, verse 1, is, I think, the first Toledote, toledote that, that starts. Um, that These are headers. Um, so this is the genealogy of the heavens and the earth, if you will. Uh, and all their hosts. And on the seventh day, God completed his work, which he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work, which he had done. Then God blessed the seventh day and sanctified it because he rested from all his work, which God had crea- created in making it. And so the idea of rest there is not the idea of he didn't stop. I mean, he, he still, from, from all of eternity, he still, I mean, at, you know, as he created, he created the earth, he still sustains it. So, so, but we still see that idea that he, that he rested in that he stopped that creation process. Um, uh, very important that we recognize that, because I think the seventh day gives us um, gives a, it helps us understand really the rest of Scripture. I think the Sabbath is it, you have to get the Sabbath. If you get the Sabbath, if you understand the Sabbath, you understand the rest of Scripture. Um, and I, 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 what I mean by that is that that we are ultimately the idea would be coming back to a Sabbath rest. And today, as a Christian, we have that we find that rest in Christ. It's not perfect in this life because there's still trials and tribulations and we still struggle with sin but we we find that ultimate rest in Christ but at some point in the future he is going to redeem this world and he's going to bring it back to a full sabbath rest and you know Jesus said he's the lord of the sabbath and 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 so really really he yeah, Dr. Chow says he who owns the sabbath owns the world. And and I, I think that that's I mean if you think about the conflicts between Jesus and the and the religious leaders it was mostly a, many much of it was about the sabbath and and what how you view the sabbath. So any questions yes ma'am. Yeah that's a good question. So the, the question is that the, about the Sabbath being, uh, is, that, is there a grounds to connect that with, with Sunday or the Lord's Day? Um, let me see how I want to answer this. I would say the answer is no, but yes. Yeah, and I'm not being, and I, and I'm, I, I want you to understand, No. In that we don't want to have a legalistic understanding of the Sabbath. So, so meaning that, that we are not bound by the Sabbath. We don't observe, you know, 6 p.m. to 6 p.m. You know, we don't observe that seventh day, you know, at Grace Bible Church. I mean, we don't understand the scripture to teach that. So the answer then is no. But there is a there is a yes part of that in that God has created created the world and such that uh, created us such that we do need rest I mean we do need there needs to be a day that we set aside to to worship and to to have fellowship with one another and and to rest our ourselves um i don't I don't think it's I, I think that that is a, a Sabbath principle, if you will. Um, but I think that I I don't think that we certainly don't want to be legalistic about it. Um, but I think as a family, if you if you set aside that day to to go to church and to spend time with others and to rest, um, I think it's a good pattern to be in. But I think it's a good yeah. I think but I, I and I think it's a good pattern to be in to you know have dinner together. I mean, if there's you know, there's things that we ought to do as a, that, that are just, you know, the way the Lord has made us, you know. So um, any other, any, did I answer your question? Yeah. Yeah, okay. Okay. So, so the question then becomes, why do we not see it as a requirement? So why is the answer... That's, that's what you want me to, to expand upon. Well, I'll, I'll answer it probably in a positive way. Um, well, first, Christ... Ultimately, Christ is our rest. So that... I mean, Colossians... In Colossians 1 and 2, you know, Paul makes it very clear that Christ is our rest. So, so as a Christian, we have entered His rest... His eternal rest, if you will. Okay, so so we have to separate the practical from the spiritual. Does that make sense? I mean, there's the practical. This makes sense for us to to observe a day that that we go to we go to church, we rest ourselves, we don't do a lot of heavy work. You know that there's a principle, but there's also a principle that you know your land ought to lay fallow. uh, You know. Periodically. I mean, that's, those are principles of how God has made the world that go back to creation, okay? But as a Christian, Christ is ultimately our rest. Now, here's, the, here's then what I would say, the, the purpose, and I, I alluded to it. The Sabbath is, we, we ultimately are going to, it's all about taking us back to the Sabbath. The world back to rest, meaning that the world has then now been redeemed. Okay, so so you ask then. So it says in you know one of the the commandments, uh, you know uh, Exodus twenty. Um, yes, Exodus twenty verse eight. Remember the Sabbath and keep it holy. Now the question really is—it's a bigger—it's a bigger, bigger question—is how does the law apply to the Christian? How does the law apply to the Christian? I would answer that—that that the law is rooted in creation. So the law is rooted in creation. We can see that we can see those Ten Commandments come out of creation. And so, you know, if you go back to Exodus chapter 20, I I don't, you know, probably don't have time to go through every one of these, but I can, you know, like, um, we see um, it starts out with, "You shall have no no other gods before me." Well, obviously, in in Genesis chapter one, there is no other God, like our God, right? There's no, I mean, he's it's clear. It's, it's clear that, that, that he is Elohim. And so he is supreme. He is a, the God of gods, the Lord of lords. I mean, he's, he's, he's the supreme God. He's above all. And so it makes sense that then we would have no other gods before him, right? I mean, it's clear in creation. Now, if you look at you shall not make yourself any idol. Well, if God, cre- I mean, what are idols? What are idols? Yeah, things that replace God. But who made all things? God did. I mean, that's clear from Genesis 1, right? I I can read Genesis 1, and I can know that God created all things. So taking something that God created and worshiping it is is worshiping an idol. And so, again, I can see that clearly here in, in the creation account. So then I get down to, so I can skip down then, I mean, you, you know, um, I can skip down then to remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. That's again, create, that's, that's, there's a, it's, it's in creation, right? I mean, we see it in the creation account. But what we have to understand is, is that, that Christ has fulfilled that. I mean, well, he's fulfilled that for, for, for us. And that ultimately, the, the idea would be that the world would come back to the Sabbath. So I'm, I'm then to understand sa- the Sabbath in a greater way. I mean, so I'm, a, I'm to understand it in a, in, a, in a more full way, if you will, right? That, that ultimately, the, the, this commandment points to a need for Christ. I mean, I, I guess you could even say this way. It, did the Jews get the Sabbath right? I mean, do they get it right today? No, they don't get it right today. Why? Yeah, they because they don't understand it. But we understand it. We right? I mean, that, that makes does that make sense, Rick? You had a question. Yeah the work yes Yeah I mean I think I think you can because he's finished the work of redemption I mean it, it hasn't fully come to fruition yet but it is a finished work and so so that's where as a Christian we've entered that rest there is that we have we, that work is finished but it's not Come to full full fruition, if you will. So, does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Any other questions? Did I answer your explanation of the Sabbath? Well, yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that they they made it. They made it a, a requirement, and they missed, they missed the whole idea of it, right? They, they, they thought that the whole idea was that I'm, I'm to do these certain, well, not to do things and to do things on a, on a Sabbath, and so they made it into you know, this man's con- construct of, of this is how I know I'm observing the Sabbath, but it really isn't the Sabbath. It's the God who created the Sabbath. That's, the, that's, the, that's what the Sabbath points to. That are, it, this, And that, say it another way. Our, the Sabbath points to our need for true rest. Because Sabbath, the Sabbath itself will never provide that true rest. Does that, does that make sense? So that, I think that's probably the better way to, to understand that. I mean, the, the law points to our need for a savior right so so if the sabbath then points to our need for sabbath rest so true sabbath that's right yeah he says I mean he gives a fuller understanding of uh, you know the the what I would call the kingdom law um but that's, we'll get into that when I get to Matthew 5. But but yes, that is correct, Abby. I mean, that's, a, I mean, hey, this is exactly, I mean, again, this is why we go through this. This is why we want, because I want you, I mean, there are people, this church building is standing here because because there's a whole denomination who observes the Sabbath, right? And there's others that do as well. And And I would say that, Probably most aberrations of biblical doctrine come from a lack of understanding the law versus versus grace and the and the role of the law in the Christian life. So it's that's again again I, I keep coming back to why do we go through Genesis one and two because this is the foundation. This is the foundation for our understanding the rest of Scripture. And so that's why we go through it, because that's why we want to teach it. That's why we want to understand it. As Christians, we want to have that foundation. You want to have that fundamental understanding of, of, of um, biblical doctrine. And it, and it really is based here in, in Genesis 1 and 2 and 3. All right. Any other questions before we move forward? that's right no 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 i it no we it, i we all are deficient in our understanding right i mean there we need to grow and learn and and yes, I'm not yeah, for sure. I think if you have, if you start with that fundamental understanding, and you truly live with that fundamental understanding that God is in control of everything, then yes, I think that it would lead you down the the correct path. Yes, I mean I do think that. Um, yeah, I know. And I w- yes, I mean if you think about, I mean that I mean that really is true Christianity is to understand who God is, right? I mean, how and how he's revealed himself to us. Um, And, you know, he's revealed himself through his creation, and he's revealed himself through his word. That's Psalm 19. And he's revealed himself in his son. And ultimately, we have his word, which the word, I mean, John says the second person of the Trinity is the word. So, Okay. Great questions, and this is what i this is the type of interaction that I wanted, right I want that interaction, but you know so we you know there's an- questions there's questions answered, there's discussion uh, <coughs> yes yes. Yeah, yeah, I, didn't, I probably didn't say it this morning, but the the Sabbath day was meant to be perpetual, but because because in, if you look at the formula, it, it's uh, he rested. He created, you know, he he created, um, he, he one day, and then it's the second day and the third day and the fourth day, but on the on the seventh day, it it doesn't have that same that same formula. If you look at um, there was evening and there was morning the sixth day but then on the seventh day there isn't that formula it's just a so so the idea there is that that we were meant to be perpetually at rest the the the, the earth the people in the earth that were meant to be perpetually at rest and that's the life of adam and eve in the garden and and so we we got intended for us and and i'm not say what i'm not saying here sometimes it's better to Qualified by what you're not saying. What I'm not saying is is that God, this caught it that Adam and Eve sin caught him by off guard. I'm not saying that, but I am saying that he created the world to be at rest, and so that the intention would be that we would come back to, or he would bring back, he would redeem the world and bring us back to that rest. And everything in that middle that we we live in the middle, right? Everything in that middle is his will for his purposes right and what then ultimately that purpose the ultimate purpose is to bring glory to himself so that we we have a fuller understanding of who god is so yeah so great thank you for giving me to clarify even more okay hopefully that's helpful um chapter two i don't want to get too deep into it i mean there's a <laughs> There's a lot here. I think I preached maybe three sermons, or maybe even four sermons on it. Um, any questions about chapter two? I really did mean to get to chapter three today, <laughs> but I, this is good. I mean, this. I mean, I because uh, some of you didn't. Uh, you know, I know Jake Coleman. You guys weren't here for the sermon series, so so if you want more. Go listen to the sermons, but but this is good—a good, good review—and we'll pick back up next next time for sure in chapter three. Um, so chapter two, it, the key to chapter two is understanding chapter one verse thirty-one. God saw all that he made had made, and behold, it was very good. If you look at, um. Chapter th- two, verse eighteen. Somebody read that. Okay. So, in the text, we chapter two comes after chapter one, right? So it, it, we want. We sometimes will think that's chronological, but it's not because in chapter one, verse thirty-one, he said he looked at all that he made and behold, it was very good. But then in chapter to verse 18 he says well it's not good so it can't be both i mean it can't be good and not good so so then we have to try to understand then what is chapter two what's going on in chapter two um and and what what we have is an expansion of what i, w- I would argue is an expansion of verses 26 to 28 in chapter one um of, it's an expansion of what happened on that sixth day um so then, so then we see, starting in verse 4, uh, 4 through, uh, four through uh, 6, he gives a description of the earth. Um, he says that there is no man to cultivate the ground. Um, I would take that to be that um, he's speaking of the earth in general. He's, he's giving a description of the earth in general. And that that this was again, there was no man to cultivate the ground. So ultimately, he's speaking of of man spreading out over the earth. Um, he could be saying that um, you know there could be the idea there that that prior to create the creation of man, there was you know that that then he created man. So there was this is what the earth looked like, and and so then <coughs> I, then it, then he. Then he planted a garden, so he planted this garden that that of Eden, and so the earth was was in this condition then he planted the garden and he put the man placed the man in the garden that's verse that's verse eight um, so then so then here here's the idea that comes out of that so creation or the the creation then is made for Made for man. Not the man for creation. It's not the other way around. So so creation then it responds to man. And we see that in Romans 8. What's going on? Anybody remember what's going on in Romans 8? Yeah, creation is groaning. Why is creation groaning? Yeah. Yeah, So, so... What's going to happen when when the earth is fully redeemed? If you, if, yeah, the the earth will no longer groan, but it'll be as God intended, right? So so then so you see then um, again that goes back to that whole idea of the Sabbath rest. Um, so then he so he planted this garden and and so then we see in verse nine. There were two trees: the, the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Um, and then he gives, in verse ten through uh, verses ten through twelve, or to ten through sorry fourteen, he gives a description of of the Garden of Eden. Uh, what would you, how would you describe the Garden of Eden in maybe just a few short words? Yeah. Yeah, so so beautiful lush. What else? Fruitful Fruitful? yep, what else a lot here? Yeah, water water is a big one. What's that? Ordered oh, yeah, 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 yes. Yeah water (laughs) Yeah water lots of water what else? And water means, water gives what? Life. I mean, you see, you see dry, you know, you, you go to Mars and, and what is, I mean, there's, I mean, you see the dry, right? There's no life. Water brings life. I mean, we're made of water. I mean, there's water is a large part of how we're made. You know, we, we can only go, we can go, you know, weeks and months without food. But how long can we go without water? Just just a matter of days. So we see water as life. So what else? What's that? Peace. Oh, yeah, I like it. I agree. I mean, that's again that idea of the rest. What else? What else about? What else about the garden? I'm missing one thing for sure. Yeah, yeah, what's up with that? There's also bdellium and the onyx stone. What's up with that? Why is that important? Well, it's a rich place. Yeah, I mean, it's a rich place. I mean, it, and God has provided all of that. Um I think that's that's important to understand. I mean, and you see, then there are parallels. Does anybody know what this parallels? The New Jerusalem. Yeah, I mean, we see some of the same some of the same types of descriptions that John gives in Revelation 21 and 22 to the New Jerusalem. Um, that it, it, there's a there's definitely a connection. What would you say then that 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 how would you describe? Um, how would you describe Eden in one word? So, if man was meant to be the king, or a king, not the king, but a king, what would you? How would you describe Eden then in one word? If the man was there, so he's a ruler. Yeah, kingdom. Yeah, and he, and this would be the starts with a C. So I'm getting, yeah, the capital. Yeah, this is the capital of the kingdom, and so what then is the new Jerusalem? The capital of kingdom. And so we see those those parallels there. Um, so that yeah, we see that in in these uh, verses. Uh, then starting in verse eighteen, um, or verse fifteen. He took the man set him in the Garden of Eden to cultivate and keep it. anybody remember the significance of those words from the sermon series. Cultivate and keep it okay okay I mean I can I, that's that is definitely true. But there is a there is a greater significance here. Do y'all remember the connection between Yes. Guarding it. Yes. Do y'all remember the connection between the Garden of Eden and the temple? remember that the temple points back to the garden you see these you see these um, allusions to the garden and so so that temple is a the temple then is a reminder of the garden when later in later Moses says that the the um, priests were to same words same words, they, they were to care for the temple in the same way. So we, we see that parallel between the, the, the idea of the temple and, and, the, and, this, and the garden. But I think that what we need to set in our minds, and this really does set us up for chapter 3, is that man was to, to there's, a, there's a, this idea of protection. What would he be protecting against? And it's not so much disobedience, although that is there. Um, I think that he. I, Well, okay. Let me just say it this way. Look at verse sixteen. Read, read, read verse sixteen. And and seventeen. Somebody read sixteen and seventeen. Okay. Now, what would you call that? What would you call that? It's I mean, it's just yeah, it's a command, right? So God gave him a command. So that is then God's decree or god's word right that's what man was to do so then if there's an idea of protection in in verse 15 if anything is antithetical to what god said god's command what was man to do what's that obey the command but also also to identify Right? I mean, if if there's a threat to that command, he needs to, he he then would need to, and if he's he's charged with protecting, then he needs to do what to that, do what does he need to do to that threat? Eliminate it. Or at least say, hey, Lord, (laughs) this ain't right. Does that make sense? I mean, so so. how does this set us up for chapter 3? I mean, I mean, we all, most of us, if not all of us, have know no chapter 3. What happens in chapter 3? Well, the fall, yes, but specifically. Yeah, so he comes in and he starts to question God's word. He starts to com- question this command that, that he gives in 16 and 17. So you see why then, 15 says this is so this idea of 15 that God gave him a you know he set him to he gave him a responsibility and he gave him a command and when something came in that was antithetical to that command what should he have done he should have recognized it and he should have done something about it and and that something about it should be to raise the red flag and say something's not right here I got this is not what this is not what Yahweh said. So, so then we have, we have two minutes. We'll get through. We'll get through the end of chapter two. Um, then we have verse eighteen. It's not good for man to be alone. We saw that I will make a helper suitable for him. That uh, that idea there is one corresponding, different but corresponding to him. So that goes back to the male and female that he created. Um, and then he, then he brought the animals to, um, to see what he would call them, and whatever the man called the living creature, that was his name. And the man named, gave names to the cattle, the birds of the sky. What is the, what, giving names to them, what does that signify? And we're going to see this again today. The authority. And so we're going to see that today in Matthew, where Joseph names Jesus, and, and there is a, I mean, showing that, he is, that Jesus is his son. And there is a, you know, Jesus submitted himself to his parents. And so we, we see that Joseph, that authority idea um, there as well. But that he has authority. He's named them. But then, but then there was not found a helper suitable, verse 20. Um, and then so, so Yahweh caused a deep sleep, and he, and he created the woman from the man. And then we see here that that we see this um, response, and then we see that this principle in verse 24, therefore a man shall leave his mo- father and mother and cleave to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. And that's the, if you think about the parallel then between um, verse 28, that's actually that actually is um, verse 28, be fruitful and multiply. That's the explanation of being fruitful and multiply. So, you might even say chapter 2 is an exposition of verses at one twenty-six to 26-28, if that makes sense. All right, well that, and then we see verse 25, and the man and his wife were both naked and were not ashamed. And that took us four months to get through two chapters. So we're done with those chapters. Are there, in the final 30 seconds here, are there any questions? Yes. That's right. That's right. I mean you you just said it. You just restated what I've been saying why it's so critical that we understand the first 3 chapters of Genesis as Christians. And and it, they are not I can't say this strongly enough. They're not they're not throwaway chapters. So critical because every I most most aberrant doctrine i would say comes from a lack of understanding of those three chapters if not all that's that i say that that strongly and it's not just millions of years i mean i know that that's a you know what everybody wants to focus on you know and, and i and i focus on it too but it's not just millions of years it's not just the evolution that we're fighting when we're dealing with chap- chapters 1 through 3 we're we're actually, I mean, you see how much doctrine comes out of, how much understanding comes out of chapters one through three, and why it's so important to understand them. You know, and the question really comes down to, and I'll, I'll ask this is as the same question from today, and the question comes down to belief. It really does. It comes down to belief. Do you believe what God has said? And it and it it always has come down to that, right? That's, ex- I mean, that's what I mean. In, to Adam and Eve, or to Adam, very clear, clearly here in chapter two, to Adam, he said, "You shall not eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil." And the question comes comes down to: do you, Did Adam believe God, or did he believe the lie? And the answer is, he believed the lie. He he believed the one, the serpent, and that's we'll see that next next time we we start in chapter 3 he believed the serpent and so the so in in reality that's that's from that point forward even to today it comes down to are you going to believe god's word or are you going to believe the lie and you know that's the that's the question and it, and it, and here's what's interesting i you know you could you could capitulate on those things and you could say you know, even in a soft way, oh, yeah, 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 we believe God created, but we're not going to get into that, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to major on that because we know that it's going to create controversy and controversy is going to, there's, you can't grow a church if there's all this controversy, so we're going to just, we'll just skate right over the top of it, yeah, we believe it, but we're not going to talk about it. Because it's too much. And then and that's really the pattern that it, that you end up seeing throughout in many churches. And so not that we've arrived, I you know, I'm sure there there are ways that we fail as well. So all right. Well it's ten oh four. So I wanna I started at nine oh four, so <laughs> I'll end at ten oh four. All right. Uh, somebody wanna pray just to end